This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host Ajit. I would like to wish all our listeners a very happy and prosperous new year. Today to help us unpack the just ended India Sri Lanka T20 series as well as discuss some uh, some of the other cricketing games and off field cricket news, we have a very exciting guest joining us. Somebody who can uh, talk a little bit more about uh, cricket from the Emerald Isle, Estelle Vasudevan. Hello Estelle, welcome to the podcast. Hi Ajit, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I always ask all my guests this question, right? So, what got you to cricket? Coming from the South Asian subcontinent, I mean, maybe not a lot of uh, surprises that you are very much interested in cricket. But where would you start it? Where, where did the journey start and how come journalism with cricket? Yeah, actually, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, coming from a South Asian household, uh, it's not, it's not a surprise that uh, cricket is obviously a big part of my life just you know looking back to my childhood i would say it's it's just the love of, love of sport that my parents had i mean we grew up with posters of you know uh, guys like alan donald on our walls we followed mm. athletics netball whatever sports you know um so it was i think generally just a love of sport uh, which eventually i mean i grew up or i was a child just just getting into school when sri lanka won the world cup so i guess that was also a major major kind of a moment it, it, that which kind of made cricket mm. what it is in sri lanka uh and i mean i had an older brother so we played we played cricket at home you know my dad used to train him a little bit and we got a bit of that training as well so i mean it's a lot of things but generally i would say just just coming from a household that was into sports um mm-hmm. in terms of journalism actually um it's actually a funny story it's not it was never intended uh, that i would make a career out of this i mean i had i believe just completed my bachelor's degree and uh mm. you know I, i i was working at at a primary school in colombo and decided to quit the job and look for something else that would be relevant to my degree uh, right. and i came across this advertisement on the papadi.com calling for freelance writers editors etc and and, mm. and also photographers and i had just gotten into photography so i thought look this is a great opportunity for me to get in as maybe a writer and then collect some money and get the camera gear i needed to become a sports photographer or you know at least do it as a hobby uh but that never happened uh mm-hmm. i ended up writing and you know couple of months after joining as a freelancer i was offered a full time role as a sub editor that was in 2016 uh and you know seven uh, seven years later mm-hmm. uh, i'm still here obviously a lot of changes have gone you know come and gone during that period but yeah it's clear you still love what you do right so you're still here and uh, long may that career grow and uh, flourish for you so at the end thank you as they say if you 
if you really do what you like it's not it's not work so i guess you you're also very much into it so that's a good part so ever tried playing a game or ever play tried playing the game itself for yourself by you know at any level school level or higher yeah i mean uh, at school level we didn't really have a netherball team where i school so uh, we did play some softball cricket for a couple of years but once in that same juncture where i was looking for a job actually yeah. uh, joined a club in colombo called the colts cricket club yeah um, actually famous actually one, one yeah. of the well yeah yeah it's a well known club uh, players like angelo matthews uh, have represented them uh, i joined colts cricket club just you know uh, to play recreationally and played a couple of seasons of division 2 cricket um, oh, okay for them yeah um I, but when i say division 2 uh, it's not the same standard as what you would find uh, division 2 in maybe india or you know other countries it's it's mm. i mean i'm not being modest and i say it's not a very high standard uh but yeah uh, represented them for a couple of seasons and then of course you know uh you have to make a living as well right so mm. i had to let go of that when uh, i took on a full full time job nonetheless interesting so you actually transitioned from a school teaching job to something that i assume you studied yeah. something like media or journalism or uh, photography you said uh, no actually i didn't uh, i studied i studied psychology i have a masters in uh, uh, applied psychology wow now that's serious stuff right so uh, that gives me the idea maybe not going too deep into what you did and what you plan to do anyway but probably a school teacher's job was sort of a better fit than a sub editor in a sports magazine but well we find our own way sometimes as they say a degree yeah, is just absolutely. something you start off with fantastic mm-hmm. now so uh, i'll be a bit careful with what i say after all i'm talking to a trained <laughs> psychologist uh going back if you were to look at the games so let's start off at the test matches so did you get a chance to catch up uh, with any of the australia south africa game that ended today Yeah actually watched that last couple of hours on TV and I was just thinking you know what a pity it is that South Africa finally found their fight when basically series is gone and mm. there's nothing they can do do about it because just coming into coming into that three match series South Africa Australia is always competitive right and it's it's one of those few series outside of you know the big three facing each other Mm-hmm. where there's genuine interest and competitive cricket so overall really disappointed that there wasn't a fight from south africa per se um just you know you kind of wish that teams like south africa were more p- competitive because they make the game so much richer for it right absolutely so and they always had a proud record touring uh... australia right mm-hmm. so they never lost a series there i mean australia never lost a series in south africa until that uh, whole match fixing fiasco tour yeah but that was the blip otherwise you know australia would always go to south africa and win there and south africa would always come to australia and win there so something like this right so for the first time apparently that uh, trend is broken and what a time so if anything yeah. south africa before they came and started this tour were in a really good position to try and uh, win Uh, try and at least qualify for that world test championship yeah final yeah. now we don't know because now at least they managed to draw the last game but the series was gone 
and for themselves they will now need to at least win both the tests at home against west indies and hope you know australia can cause an upset or two while they're playing uh, against india in india right that's the that's the only hope now south africa have because that would have been a fantastic final i think south africa australia have a similarly storied rivalry in world cricket compared to any other yeah. big two teams india pakistan whomever right australia england whomever so this is fantastic and uh, that would have been very nice but well it might see it happen let's see how that goes so to go back to the last day so i caught a little bit of the first session before i went to bed here and look you are absolutely right they finally discovered their fight and it was for me it came through two tailenders so basically first of all marco jansen and simon harmer showing a little bit of a mm-hmm. uh, little bit of uh, you know courage and then uh, later on i think maharaj played a very sensible innings right so yeah. they made sure enough time was taken out and enough runs were scored that the top order coming back could finish the job that is they could mm-hmm. save the test so but mm-hmm. again two days were lost and uh, khwaja would yeah. be a bit uh, bit miffed at that he didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to come back and finish his double 100 but they had no other choice i suppose they had to sort of uh, make use of the time that was available because uh, first day they lost some time third and fourth day almost complete wipeouts so uh when you look at the fourth day there was some some play but south africa did not help themselves i think there was a lot of uh, urgency from the australian bowling perspective that josh hazelwood and pat comins there was a lot more short pitched bowling you saw that even on the fifth day yeah. morning and so they had a clear plan of attack even on a fairly docile sort of a pitch where spinners should be more effective you may think they bowled well Australian bowling and they went in with only two bowlers it was almost as if you're playing on a subcontinent pitch you know two fast bowlers only yeah. and three yeah. spinners right so at least for me all of those were very interesting sort of takeaways but hazelwood came back strong he took four wickets cummins three and lion two and travis head took that one wicket travis head is sort of put his put his foot forward solidly as sort of a backup spinner to start off because yeah. their next door will be that of india so just to look a little bit further ahead for both these teams so australia will be touring india right so if we quickly look at that yeah. do you think this is now a settled lineup if they are to include maybe one spinner extra or even not include that one spinner with two spinners in head and lion and maybe even three fast bowlers you can see somebody like cameron green coming back right because cameron green will immediately give you that balance where he can bowl fast and he can mm-hmm. bat at 6 or 7 right for australia so do you think that's a competitive lineup australia can bring to india and hope to cause an upset yeah absolutely i think they'd be really happy with the fact that david bona finally got runs i think that that was one area mm. that they must have really been worried about um but on the bowling front they've got so many options don't they like i mean fast bowling they've mm. got three to four of the best fast bowlers you know in world cricket in test cricket right now mm. uh and it's the spin department i feel that nathan line obviously you expect him to play but ashton agar is still kind of making his way into test cricket uh because he doesn't really get um consecutive games does he he, he doesn't get a long no. run in the team just because they do they do tend to play with the three quicks um i'd be interested to see how they line up whether the 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 availability of cam green means that they don't opt for three out and out quicks and whether they go for the two spinners but mm. i think they are as 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 good a team as you can expect going into india 
I still think India's obviously got the upper hand. I mean, better teams have toured India and, you know, just got blown away. Mm. Better Australian teams, certainly. Um, so it's going to be tough. Uh, but I think at this point of time, with the available players, I think this is pretty much the best lineup they can put forward. I agree with you there. Also, look, I think India have a lot to gain if they were to win the series against mm-hmm. Australia comfortably. They put their best foot forward of trying to qualify for the same World Test Championship yeah. final. They were there last uh, year and they'll uh, last two years and uh, they will want to go back and try to win it this time. So that's something India has yep. to look forward to. In any case, that was Australia. But South Africa, like... I, th- I thought they were completely, their bowling lineup was completely misfiring here. Especially Rabada, who's sort of covering up so much of anyone else. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, yeah, Lungi Engedi is always a bit on the costly side. This game, they decided to rest him and give Marco Janssen a go. Left arm, different variety. So, for me, it's their fast bowling lineup really not firing. Keshav Maharaj also had a very quiet tour, I think. So, I think their entire lineup, uh, bowling lineup needs to wake up or something when they go home. <laughs> Yeah, I I kind of tend to disagree. I think the problem with their entire performance was the batting. It's just Mm. that Mm. with the batting not firing, the pressure was always on guys like Rabada and Nokia to kind of blow Australia away in every innings. And you know that's not going to happen in Australian conditions, right? And particularly, you know, looking at the form that Australia have been in this World Test Championship, they're pretty much, you know, they've won everywhere. Um, at least the game, like, I mean, if you look at Sri Lanka, they beat Sri Lanka in Sri Lanka, which they didn't manage to do in their last tour. Uh, so, mm. South Africa's batting, a lot of people are calling it maybe the worst batting lineup they've brought to Australia. And I, I tend to agree <laughs> in, in the sense that it seems like there was no fight in that. And that's why I mentioned, like, you know, it's good. I mean, it's sad that they found their fight but it came so late in the tour because when you just when you watch mm-hmm. guys like Kyle Verena batting they've obviously got ability right but then right. they received no support from the top order Dean Elgar had one of probably his worst tours um, and you you have to wonder whether he stays in that lineup um, uh, Henry Klaassen I feel is not a number three batter but you know with, with limited options he had to take on that role and he didn't do too well. So I think the batting was definitely the area of concern for them, which which is sad because, I mean, again, going back to the type of performances they've had in Australia in the past, you've got guys like Graham Smith, hmm. Duplessy, A.B. De Villiers, the type of performances they've put in. And then they you know, succumb without the fight almost in this, in the in the first two tests at least. It's just really sad to see. I know there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, lot of things going on outside in terms of the, the amount of cricket, first-class cricket they play or, uh, you know, how, how good the system is in developing players and, you know, whether it's worth investing in first-class cricket and developing players when you play so little test cricket, right? Mm. Um, so I wouldn't really, I, I mean, the bowling was disappointing, but I would say that the main issue they have is the batting and they'll need to address that. Like looking at things now, it's highly unlikely that they'll make the World Test Championship final. Um, so maybe, you know, during the West Indies series, they can try some new things out, try try getting, getting in some new batters. In. You, I think, hit the nail on the head. I think, first of all, Dean Elgar's form would be a worry. 
right so and look they need a slightly more solid number 4 um i really like what temba brings to the team he always makes runs when the team is in crisis but you need somebody who can score big runs temba somehow he makes gritty 30s 40s 50s then he gets out um you need somebody who can carry on so when you named those those are like very it's like top four best all time players like you add callis and amla to that i mean what is that top six right for south africa the ones they used to travel with that's like their top six best forever i think so now they are in a rebuild phase so a lot of it falls on dean elgar his form is very crucial because he always makes crucial second inning runs much like uh, dimuth karnaratna because i always look forward to that player contributing in the second innings is very important that mm, way yeah. right mm-hmm. so his failures i think and it was sort of targeted it was sort of worked out by australia beforehand they always yeah. like sort of targeting the captain it's it's very mm-hmm. much the australian way and they it worked this time and i think it was short pitched bowling you saw a bit of that on the fourth day yep, yep. in the first innings mm-hmm. of uh, south africa in this game and it it's it's tough but i think the problem is still there that they are unable to make 400 consistently right i mean how many test matches yeah, will you absolutely. win if you can't make 400 or how many test matches can you save if you can't make 400 right so mm-hmm. the problem with bowling is there the bowling was misfiring but absolutely you cannot get away by scoring 250 or 213 in australia mm-hmm. at all times so that's the correct thing but uh, they have a few good names you hear now and then people like tenish brown or uh, you know other people who come and go into the squad they need to take mm-hmm. the chances henry class has given an opportunity in this game right so a lot yeah. they have to fix but probably they deserve a break they have a, the t20 tournament coming up i don't know how much mm-hmm. of it will help mm-hmm. as a prep for the yeah. remaining test games but they have that so they'll probably take a break but the most important part is they need to regroup properly at the end they'll yeah. be playing at home west indies will not be the same quality of opposition west indies themselves had a horror tour of australia right earlier mm-hmm. in the season so they'll have to sort of uh, make sure they wipe the floor with west indies for the lack of a better term i don't think it'll be that easy they they would be yeah. more closely yeah. matched compared to australia i think so it's going to be an interesting series i'm going to look forward to that so that's that's the let's say the uh, wrap up of this tour now if you go to the other one what a way to finish the tour for uh, pakistan new zealand i mean last 15 minutes of the game it would have gone absolutely anywhere any team could have won yeah uh, or it could have been a draw or a tie all of those because wickets kept falling right so did you get a chance to catch the ending of that game on friday not really but i've been following kind of the media thing and it, it's so infuriating right <laughs> i mean result hmm. i mean all all four results available and then you walk off a bad light is one of the greatest i think frustrations in test cricket is this issue right when you know that a result can be reached uh just going off for bad light just it, it's on un i think it's something that seriously needs to be looked at because mm-hmm. when there particularly when there are lights available right i i i understand on grounds where there are no lights and it could be a danger to a player playing um you know in bad light lighting conditions but right this wasn't the case here and i think pakistan should be also disappointed they 15 in was it three overs to get is not right. impossible right just overall it was a dis- it was a disappointing end to what what could have been a fantastic test match absolutely so i mean the very fact that both teams got to that point i mean at the way, at the end of the day four 
you thought new zealand would be favorites eight wickets left but pakistan you never write mm-hmm. off right last day fight back yeah again what a hundred surfras what an amazing amazing hundred yeah. what a mm-hmm. comeback series with the bat deservedly the man of the series and also the player of the match right finally he got to that hundred and south yeah. shakil sort of uh, he's showing he is the next pujara in the subcontinent if i may use that term he's really batting time again second innings he soaked up a lot of time nearly mm-hmm. you know 3 uh, hours to uh, score 32 aga salman sort of proving his worth i think aga salman shows he can be an all uh, on a all format or all conditions mm-hmm. test match player at least where he can uh, you know he can be he can bowl useful off break but come back at 7 and then make sure the tail contributes right so and then nasim shah you are right when you said you know new zealand sort of never gave up so they in the end yeah. you saw they were happy to crowd the batsmen trying to take those two extra wickets but uh, you know it was still two or three big hits and nasim shah was yeah. perfectly capable of that so is abrar right? mm-hmm. so if you had spinners bowling and the spinners were sort of you just waited until one or two balls came close to you and you hit hit it away because there was nobody in the outfield so mm-hmm. very very interesting end and you are absolutely right that uh, they could not find a way to keep the lights on and get those additional 15 16 18 balls that could have you know produced mm. a result one way or the other but if anything i think uh, new zealand will be a bit more disappointed one wicket you would think has slightly higher chance given that you are yeah 11 and yeah, 10 are batting absolutely. and pakistan may have breathed a sigh of relief but nonetheless because when that wicket fell 27 28 runs required and five or six overs left i was really happy with the approach that nasim shah and abrar ahmed took where if the ball is close they'll hit it away there's mm-hmm. no point in blocking every ball right so just blocking for the sake of blocking so i really like that so all in all a wonderful end to a test match and wonderful end to a test series and new zealand yeah. i mean quietly i think whenever they tour asia they are the, they are some of the most competitive teams when they tour asia i think and i'm talking when pakistan played in the middle east as well as india and pakistan sri lanka mm-hmm. wherever they come right so they would be un, in the end a little bit disappointed they couldn't complete a series win because they were the let's say the dominant team across the two tests and mm-hmm. pakistan would be a bit relieved <laughs> they didn't lose another test series that would have been very bad for babar because uh the way the series ended in australia it was not uh, sorry the yeah. england series was not a good one and another series loss would have been very heavy uh, complete write off of a home test season would be very bad i think but okay i think uh, from my perspective uh, that that was a very entertaining and again another case for a five day tests why why certain in certain places yeah. you should not even yeah. consider playing a four day test you should just mm-hmm. say five because that gives it a chance so because when you're playing in yeah. south asian conditions in the winter sometimes light is not as steady as you may think so mm-hmm. well i hope the powers that be are listening and seeing this so this is one thing now if you were to go on to the india sri lanka series right so yeah. the third game took place yesterday and india beat uh, sri lanka to take the series but i thought mm-hmm. i thought sri lanka will not be very disappointed in the way they played they could be quite proud actually Yeah absolutely i think just looking thinking back to what was expected prior to the series i don't know if anybody expected sri lanka to win the series um mm. but they very nearly did right i mean just the first game mm. so many you know what ifs if sri lanka had you know just those little things that if sri lanka had done right they would maybe have come into that third game to nil up and already having won the series so mm. I mean that's the game right it's a game of fine margins and you don't know what would have happened if Sri Lanka had won the first game how India would have approached the second um but I think 
you're right. I think Sri Lanka can be happy with their performance in the three games. I think in pressure situations, for the most part, they were able to kind of deliver. Obviously, the the middle order is again a, still a cause of concern, and maybe even the bowling options. But overall, they would be satisfied because if even if you look at the last game, right, it, it was just an unbelievable innings from Sky that took the game away. Right. Uh, not much coming in from the others. So it, those are the kind of games you kind of have to write off, right? I mean, it was a special innings. Mm. It's nothing much that the bowlers could have done at that point because no matter where they were bowling to him, he was finding a way to find the boundary. So uh, just one game that you have to kind of put put aside because it wasn't for lack of effort or, you know, a bad performance, but rather you have to give credit to the opposition and how he, how well he played. Absolutely. I mean, I think he played a blinder. I mean, I don't see a way most teams could have found a comeback from that. And uh, that, that, that you're right would, would have been tough, but the first two games were a lot closer and you're right in the first Mm -hmm. game. I've, I, I was actually not looking at the last five hours of Sri Lankan innings when I come back and, uh, uh, sorry, Indian innings. And when I come back and look at it, I'm like, really, how did they concede so many in the last five hours? I mean, India should mm-hmm. not have scored more than 150, right? Yeah. And yeah. then they somehow gave away more runs. I think a credit goes to Huda and uh, Akshar Patel. Akshar Patel, wonderful series. I think uh, sort of, again, yeah. he showed yeah. what, he's, what he can do in home conditions. Big with the bat, very good with the ball. So... You're right. You highlighted one of the issues I wanted to discuss. The middle order. Charita Salanka and uh, Banuka Rajapaksha, really not that mm-hmm. big a uh, middle order showing normally you would expect. Patum Nisanka, one of those rare failed series. He's been good. He's been pretty good for Sri Lanka in the top of the order, I think, in the limited overs games. But you can tell mm-hmm. me if I'm sort of reading that wrong. Kusal Mendes made a comeback, good comeback. He had decent scores. But for me, the people who really stood up was the captain, Dasun Shanaka, Vanindu Hasaranga and Chamika Karunaratna. I think they did a wonderful mm-hmm. job, right? So with the bat, with the ball, sometimes both. And Shanaka, I mean, I think he loves playing India. Yeah, of course. I mean, looking at his scores, he seems to really enjoy the bowling that they dish up. And it's also, I think, a confidence thing when you know you've done ag- done well against a particular team and you're in mm. familiar conditions. That probably really helps him too. In any case, I, I'm thinking somebody made a mistake or somebody missed a trick by not picking him in the IPL. So I hope, you know, there are always second, third goes when somebody is miss- missing, injured, something. Somebody comes in. This guy is a very good player because he's an all-round player and he has some captaincy skills as well. So he can mm-hmm. be a part of your leadership group. So I'm hoping somebody, some team picks him up and uh, uses the talent he has. And considering he'll be playing mostly against Indian players in these conditions, I think he is a really good bet. Right? Yeah, yeah. So course, yeah. Um, that's one thing. But also I thought, I thought Hasaranga, the bowler was a little bit missing. Right? Spinners... The uh, the threat you normally get with uh, Tikshna and Hasaranga together, that was not really on display. Maybe Indian batters played them well, but also it's 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 something that they will look to evolve. Hasaranga will never give away too many runs, but uh, mm-hmm. he was not as penetrative as normally you would expect, right? So I think okay. Uh, second game, it was an overall very high scoring game. Even Hasaranga went for runs, but when you look at the third game and the first game. He's there or thereabouts, considering how much of the total that the opposition are giving away. For me, uh, I, I would expect him to get more wickets. That's the most important thing, 
right so for me that was a little bit of a disappointment but okay overall kasun rajita has a thing or two to learn i think madhushanka is sort of picking up mm-hmm. the cricket he's is sort of new in the setup so a lot falls on these two uh, that is uh, mm-hmm. captain shanaka and hasaranga they are very they are very uh, let's say experienced in t20 they played across different mm-hmm. conditions and they are very sort of also gun gun bowlers uh, the captain doesn't bowl much himself but i think he can do more i mean he believes more with yeah. either chamika or one of these other bowlers bowling at the death i think i wouldn't write write him off he has all of these clever variations but it's it's about utilizing the let's yeah. suppose the players that you have in the squad so overall i think sri lanka would not be too disappointed with this result but uh, yeah they have some things that they would want to pick up mm-hmm. but i think india no from indian perspective they are actually showing the real way forward in t20s the big 3 or 4 are rested air quotes so you can i'm talking of rahul rohit kohli and pant right they are not there that's good so there are all of these other people rahul tripathi coming in shubman gill getting a consistent mm-hmm. run right ishan kishan probably should be the uh, number one player um, at least opening option for indian limited overs from yeah. now on yeah. right davan is sort of now uh, done with it i think the experiment is done he was sort of kept mm-hmm. in the team for the lead for sort of a captaincy uh, go now yeah, that yeah and again india will probably look to see this, to build around this core because i i like what uh, hardik brings to the team both as a player as well mm-hmm. as the attitude i really like the attitude that hardik brings and you have sky you have other people around him huda right so it's okay these are the players that can take india forward i mean sanju samson got injured but otherwise he he'll, he'll be in this mix as well right so it's it's pretty good mm-hmm. I think India sort of found the formula if they stick to it come 2024 when the next T20 World Cup comes they'll have a very strong team as well that they can put on uh, put on the field to try and you know Yeah it, but the thing is with India mm-hmm. is that they've been so good in bilaterals and in between World Cups <laughs> but you know come the big tournament something goes wrong for them in 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 one of the crunch games and then they're knocked out and back to square one so i think they'll what i liked about hardik was the kind of the approach of you know i want to put my players under pressure i want to i want to try some new things i want to try out uh, like new strategies you know bat first when record suggests that bowling first is the better option because i felt like he's trying to maybe prepare the team for any kind of situation they might come up against mm. uh and and when you look at it these t20s don't matter right in the grand scheme of things they don't they don't count towards world cup qualification or you know any kind of championship so mm. they they are the ideal ideal playground for you to kind of experiment a little and hardik i thought that did that perfectly i would be interested to see when india do play again whether the whether someone like tripathi makes a squad because i mm-hmm. feel he's he's one guy who maybe doesn't he's not going to maybe get you the 60 70s 80s in every game but that mm-hmm. intent he shows at number 3 or maybe if he opens is kind of invaluable in today's game uh it's it's kind of what sri lanka look for from charit or looked for from charita salanka during that 2021 world cup right where they did so well mm. that kind of intent and and if you think about it like tripathi is coming in there knowing that maybe if he fails he's going to be written off for a long time uh knowing that 
you know he might not get this spot again once everybody is mm. fit but he's still fearless enough um to you know play his normal game and that's i think what what is the most impressive thing about him and also the fact that he can play anywhere in that batting lineup right he doesn't necessarily have to be in the top 3 he's got the stroke play he's got the game to kind of play anywhere in that batting lineup so i would love to see him uh in in india's future squads but just going by how things have been in the past uh you kind of feel that he might be one of the guys who makes way when when they are back to full strength i really hope you know you are you hit the once again the nail on the head i think so people like him needs to be a part of the t20 squad and i hope pandya the captain gets a bit more of a say in what sort of a squad mm-hmm. that he would like to take yep. forward these are the sort of people the fearless sort of approach not not going for a steady 150 but taking the risk of going for 200 or 120 mm-hmm. so going that uh, going that uh, risky route is probably the way forward in t20s and you are right pandya brings that approach and uh, i hope he gets to more of a say and he's able to try and take that forward right that's one thing now if you were to look at sri lankan cricket perspective there's a odi mm-hmm. world cup here so how do you see the 11 or the 15 the squad shaping up Uh, do you see many more changes in the squad when it comes to the slightly longer format the 50 or format no i think sri lanka have a reasonably you know established uh lineup so far or at least a wider squad maybe 2022 20, players who they'll be looking at going forward uh i do think uh avishka fernando's availability is a big big strength to them because uh you've got obviously in the t20 scene you you've you've kind of gotten used to seeing kusal mendis open alongside patum nisanka um, and that's where he's been successful but in odi mm-hmm. cricket we've seen him being a lot more successful in the middle order and avishka fernand obviously is a, is the type of guy who can take on the fast bowling so good off the back foot tipics length so early um so he's he he would be really valuable asset i feel uh, at the top of the order in in odis so hopefully we'll see that you know i think the type of uh, approach sri lanka show in the in the three odis to come against india will kind of give us an insight into what they are looking at um for the world cup as well that is if sri lanka do qualify uh, mm. currently sitting in not such a not such a great uh, kind of scenario uh, where they might have to play the qualifiers in zimbabwe and when you look at the qualifiers in the past it can be a really really tough kind of tournament to come through so mm-hmm. if sri lanka do play the world cup do end up qualifying i think this series will give you a very strong indication of what type of roles they're looking for from each of the players i think the bowling definitely they will try a few things because i mean you don't want to find yourself in the same situation as you did in the t20 world cup where you had so many injuries and you have to had to keep shuffling players around like for example kasun rajita was i don't think at any point considered a strong contender for your t20 or odi side hmm. but because of the injuries he kind of came in in the world cup he did he did reasonably well and now he's he's playing in india as well so um i think the bowling apart from hasaranga uh, and maybe tikshana in odis uh, there might be a little bit of shuffling around you also have to kind of look at uh because sri lanka haven't played a lot of odi cricket 
during the last couple of years with T20 cricket kind of taking the um like the main stage because of the two world cups during the last couple of years i think there's a little bit of experimentation that can be done also considering the uh the conditions in india like you mentioned about dasun shanaka if he does trust himself to bowl a little bit more maybe you do away with chamika karunaratna but he's of, of course he's had a he's had a pretty good run in odi cricket but mm. it's always good i think to be a bit flexible especially considering the conditions you'll be playing um in so i think yeah like i mentioned uh, this series should give us a good indication as to what kind of combinations sri lanka are looking at going forward this year so for me a couple of uh, quick discussion points one is the middle order right what you already mentioned mm-hmm. one name i really i really like this player dhananjay de silva he's he's mm-hmm. been he's sort of hit and miss that's that's the way he is i think it's just something to accept because he's played those unbelievable knocks like third innings fourth innings hundreds in tests yeah. and some of those real back to the wall odi innings i really want him to also become the same sort of player consistently i i, I guess i'm expecting too much because sometimes with players like this with players like him maxwell it's very tough to get that consistency because their mindset is different but i really want him to stand mm-hmm. up also from bowling kumara i miss the um, fast bowler right 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 arm right arm fast yeah. bowler and also binura mm-hmm. fernando maybe these people might again come back into the mix before the world cup i don't know mm-hmm. you know probably more but i'm i'm really hoping we get to see a bit more of this these were fast really nice very attractive proposition if you are just an like mm-hmm. a fan right so i think just looking at those two names uh, i don't really see binura fernando coming in particularly to the odi squad mm. just because he's had so much of issues with injuries and i mean even at the t20 world cup he really struggled uh, the lpl he basically bowled on one leg in that final so um okay just just you know just the injury uh, area is a big big concern for sri lanka i i'm hoping we will have dushwant chamira fit uh, come the world cup but lahiru kumara is definitely an exciting prospect he's been kind of on an upward trend i think over the last 12 months or so um has put in a couple of consistent performances so he might be in the mix he is of course um, touring india with this squad so we might see him um, in the next three games uh, but just on danaje deserve i think odi cricket is probably much more his game than t20 cricket and he he adds so much value with the ball as well so he would be to me a, a really good pick in that middle order in odi cricket i i'm not too keen on him playing the t20s i think the main reason he gets picked is because he bowls um but his primary responsibility obviously is to get some runs and that doesn't hasn't happened um in the recent past so that's an area of concern for t20s which sri lanka shouldn't be worrying about this year odi cricket i think is de- he's definitely a must must pick in that middle order fair enough fair enough so these are the men's team but uh, there is a women's world cup coming up in a month's time or so so would you quickly take us through how the sri lankan women's team is shaping up for the world cup players we can watch out for i mean sri lanka basically did not play any cricket during 2020 right after the t20 world cup in australia which was kind of mm. a pity considering you know everybody else was out there playing um and sri lanka already kind of 
a few steps behind the bigger teams in in world cricket right and then to miss out on basically 12 months of cricket was kind of un, unacceptable um anyway during the last year 2022 they've had a lot more cricket both domestically and internationally and uh, with the women's championship on you know you're you're going to get a set number of tours every year uh, or for that cycle so that is good uh, for sri lanka i think we 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 are already seeing um the results of having more competitive cricket more often mm-hmm. uh, we are in 2022 sri lanka managed to get into the final of the asia cup beating pakistan uh, they had a reasonably i mean a reasonably good year the asia cup final was obviously the highest point but just looking at the team in the past it's always kind of centered around one person or two people but that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment i mean chamari athapattu is obviously the player who a lot of opposition will have their eye on mm-hmm. but in the likes of hasini pereira harshita samara vikrama you've got players who seem to be kind of coming out of her shadow i know harshita samara vikrama has made a lot of runs during the last year has played a couple of really crucial knocks mm-hmm. um so that's a really positive sign for sri lanka she's quite young um and has has hopefully a long way to go in the international game on the bowling front you know you you've got a few young players coming through kavisha dilhari's one player i think who is rated quite highly by uh, atapattu and the management um mm-hmm. so th- so that's that's also she's also another exciting prospect another one i i don't know if you've heard is uh, obviously vishmi gunaratna uh just 19 years of age she's captaining the under 19 mm-hmm. team that will be going for the inaugural under 19 world cup in january just a f- about a week to go for that tournament so she's another exciting prospect and attacking better at the top of the order uh not something you see very often in sri lanka so uh, mm-hmm. obviously there's i mean just watching her in international cricket she does seem like there's a long way to go but i think the intent and the mentality is great um but overall the area that sri lanka have shown during the last year is definitely the spin bowling uh inoka ranavira oshadi ranasinghe have been pretty fantastic with the ball i think both of them finished amongst the top 5 wicket takers in the world last year in t20 cricket so obviously that's that's one area where they've excelled um for sri lanka just going into that world cup i think it's going to be tough sri lanka in a very tough group they've got i think south africa australia bangladesh uh and new zealand so they've they've got right. maybe one game against bangladesh which 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 you would expect them to win but the other three are going to be really tough it 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 can't be easy coming up against teams who you know have like much better resources south africa will be playing at home they are a team that has been kind of you know on, on the way up during the past couple of years so uh it's going to be tough i think uh i think their main focus should be definitely a win against bangladesh but if they can if they can cross the line against one of those other three teams i think they'll come back quite happy it's difficult mm-hmm. to imagine them going beyond the first round so i mean you have to be realistic right the 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 quality of cricket they played in the recent past doesn't suggest or give you any indication that they're going to blow everyone away at the world cup so 
I think just winning against Bangladesh will be the minimum. Uh, but if they can pull off an upset against one of those other three teams, they'll come back very happy. I agree. Sort of a very realistic estimate what you give. Also, good to hear about the player player purview, player preview, and uh, yeah. Well, we really hope you know Sri Lanka can outperform, as you say. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. shock New Zealand or England or somebody. It'll be fantastic. Australia somehow really seem to be the team uh, <laughs> that somebody has to stop from winning the World Cup. I mean, they lost one game in twenty twenty two. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. how that works at at all mm-hmm. levels. They lost one game. So it was quite crazy, but anyway, uh, an interesting women's World Cup coming up. And thanks, us, uh, thanks to you yeah. for providing a Sri Lankan women's perspective there. Now, if you were to move on, if you were to take a look at the other news, right? So mm-hmm. the news from off the cricketing field. We can now maybe first look at a quick uh, couple of stories, which are slightly older, but because we haven't uh, been doing a few episodes in between. So Russell Domingo has resigned as the Bangladesh head coach. I think it's his mentality, the way he wanted to go through with his job, the approach he brought was slightly clashing with the way the board wanted things done. I don't know if you've read anything mm-hmm. about this or covered this for uh, Papare. Uh, I haven't really covered it, but just like on the outset, Bangladesh haven't been really doing that well, have they, in the recent past? They seem to be a team now no. from former team that was, you know, really competitive. Uh, and could basically, you know, on their day, beat anyone. They've become a team, once again, who are kind of struggling to find match winners in their lineup. Um, so I think maybe it was also a time for a change because, you know, there's only so much time in country, in particularly in South Asian countries, there's only so much time the coach is given, right? To produce the results that they want. Uh, so maybe also it was kind of time now to move on to some someone else um and see see if that works for them mm-hmm. so that's one thing and the other one look um i think his management style also is clashing you've heard people like akram mm-hmm. khan talk about it they want a slightly more um micromanaged approach i'm sorry to use that word there but that, that's that's the south asian way isn't it micromanaging <laughs> things you know down to the t so yeah Maybe, but also I think accountability perspective, they have a bit more control mm-hmm. the board. You've occasionally heard the board president get involved in discussions about players when the series is going on. Mm-hmm. Weird things. But, well, I mean, as I said, I don't want to comment too much about uh, another board in the neighborhood when the big in a big mm-hmm. board in the middle of it all is already being weird. We'll get to that shortly. Okay. So, um, but okay, maybe they, they also want a coach. The coach sort of uh, chances have run out. As you rightly pointed out, on the field, the results are really bad. So if you remember how Bangladesh were in the 2019 World Cup, they they had this sort of an aura around them where teams would not take them lightly. We are heading into Mm -hmm. another World Cup year now. They don't produce the same sort of fear in teams, I guess, Mm -hmm. or the worry in teams. So that's something I think you're right. So uh, that's something I think they'll want to fix. Some inconsistency has crept in. They had very... They had very effectively ruled that out of their approach and their game. But now suddenly all of those things which used to bother them in early 2000s, early 2010s have come back. So they'll have to go back to the drawing board a little bit. I think in Shakib, they have a good captain, if a little bit temperamental one. Uh, we again saw a little bit of a t- tantrum for a no yeah. ball or wide or something. <laughs> but that's okay. That's just Shakib being Shakib. But at the end of the day, what he brings to the 
team as a skipper and as one of the experienced people i think that's very good and i think they need to persist but more importantly a sort of uh, iron out these little things the inconsistencies they have a really strong young core which can take bangladesh forward but uh, it's sort of how the seniors and the, these young core work together sort of produce those you know those slight shocking results that bangladesh always did uh, from those going to shocking to more more regular thing is what needs to happen now mm-hmm. right? yeah so that's yeah. the next thing now if we go back to that uh, weird thing happening with the slightly bigger board in the area i said that is the indian cricket board i don't know what they are doing they have renamed chetan sharma as the chairman of selectors and that mm-hmm. that that document that has been released you know that sort of memo that goes out that says after due consideration and so on i don't know what they were doing sacking the whole board then reappointing this guy as the head of the board i mean i really can't make much of it some other people who are sort of sacked also are back in other th- other people are uh, newly newly sort of integrated into this board so that part again some of the things that goes on behind the closed doors in bcci i think you know if somebody were to make a reality series out of it i mean that's a real money spinner <laughs> i think yeah i think i think so because it seems to generate so much discussion doesn't it i mean just from an outsider's perspective mm. uh, it just does not make sense that the guy you sacked a month ago is now reappointed at the, in the same role it's just i mean it just doesn't make sense right then if you had issues with how he was running things maybe it could have been a discussion instead of a sacking exactly um, i don't know yeah anyway i mean as i said it's like we talk of inconsistency sometimes or some shock appointments or sackings that happen in all the boards in south asia so well i think india is just following the trend there we thought they had bucked the trend and were looking more you know uh, in their in their mindset more like australia or england well they're as asian as anybody else there you go they they sacked the whole board they appointed the same guy as the chairman of the board all right that's one thing the next one well i mean pakistan cricket board uh, i think has some issues with the current chairman of the asian cricket council certain mr jaisha mm-hmm. who is also the secretary of the indian board and let let's put it as it must be that he is the most powerful man there so mm-hmm. i think there was some some exceptions taken by his twitter account or him announcing all the upcoming um, schedules for the asian cricket council's events this year mm-hmm. and uh, pakistan cricket board's a new chairman najam sethi saying that uh, when did they ever consult pcb what is this why do you make unilateral announcements you always do this and so on and so on mm-hmm. then it came out that asian cricket council said check your mailbox we sent you something on 22nd december you never responded to us mm-hmm. again as i said please make a reality series and you can simply mm-hmm. earn money out of it right what's going on here so uh, sometimes i just think i don't know if pcb objected for the sake of objecting just to show that the new board yeah. is now active Uh, I, i don't know what it was all about and then there is no response so there is actually an interview of najam sethi on sport tuck sports tuck as it's called it's the uh, it's some sort of a sporting uh, program run by the aaj tak tv channel in india so mm. i'm very curious how that i've not yet got a chance to listen to that interview i want to listen to it and how he rebuts how the board reacted so i'm very curious but all in all as i said a space to keep your eye on because there's more coming up this year because there's going to be a asia cup that initially slated to be held in pakistan but mm-hmm. acc announced they want to hold it in sharjah dubai and then pakistan said no we are not ready to give it away 
because mm-hmm. if it were to be hosted in pakistan it's a good thing because more yeah. international cricket will go to pakistan but one of the bigger teams or one of the bigger draws of audiences india will probably mm-hmm. not go so mm-hmm. it'll again be some sort of a debated thing so i'm expecting more more interesting news coming out of this space what do you think kestel how it will go yeah i mean it's a very tough situation isn't it because you want cricket to be played in pakistan and you feel like that's their right as well right to have uh cricket played in their home grounds that they can they can their crowds get to witness the highest level of the sport uh, and then india is not willing to tra- travel to pakistan and i don't know what the political i mean i i won't say that i know the mm. the integrities about the political situation and you know um you know what what the the exact issues are there but i think there's a lot just on on the on the pcb's objection to uh you know the posting of uh the acc's fixtures and stuff i think obviously there's 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 a whole there's this big objection about india dominating world cricket right now in the sense of you know administratively uh, so that may have been one of the reasons why Uh, you know you 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 think what right does you know one man have to suddenly decide this without your input and you know put it together whatever went down there uh, you know wh- where the emails were sent or what happened i don't know uh, but there is that kind of feeling that india because they are such a rich board they control everything and obviously that's not taken well by a lot of other countries um but on the asia cup yeah you know i would love to see it played in pakistan but if it's not played in pakistan i would love to see it played in sri lanka because obviously sri lanka didn't get the opportunity last year when when it was slated to be played here so i i don't know uh, if india don't travel obviously that will be a massive hit on on the commercial side of things right because mm-hmm. let's be honest pakistan india is the biggest draw of the asia cup or anywhere tournament for that country. absolutely so yeah so i mean that will be a major hit so it's difficult to see the tournament actually going ahead with india not traveling to pakistan so i mean alternatively come to sri lanka i think that that would be the perfect kind of uh, remedy mm. because it is slated to be held before the world cup so it would be good preparation for um, the odi world cup also absolutely you're still playing in asian conditions and uh, well sri lanka can definitely benefit and you can then also play india pakistan there so it will not be a problem but i think we will see a few more twists and turns before this is settled one way or the other well keep your eyes out on this space this is worth following as i said then the next one is well a slightly alarming story punts accident and uh, mm-hmm. how he managed to they say he crawled out of the car himself but two samaritans who helped him people from the haryana transport board who were the driver and conductor of a bus who got down and were able to pull this man out from a potentially very explosive situation saved pulled him to safety mm-hmm. and they were duly rewarded this is very good and i think this is one glimpse of how humanity is still alive and sort of still thriving and there is still values that keep people going not just money and other things this is very nice to say because um there were people who were sitting in a bus that was traveling they could have they were in charge of mm-hmm. that bus they could have just kept going and also and, i heard that they 
they didn't know who he was right yes 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 out. yes yeah yeah so that at least one of them even did not recognize him after the name was given the second one said oh mm-hmm. i know you i know your name the second one is like mm-hmm. who's this guy i don't know him so that was nice mm-hmm. to see that they did not care whether it was celebrity or somebody just saved a guy out of a car that was in a very bad situation so first of all we wish pant all the best i mean he's fought himself out of some very tough situations for his team now he's in a position where he needs to use all of that guts to fight out of a situation for himself so he's had some um, knee ligament operations that's going that's just mm-hmm. been done and he was airlifted to mumbai for that so that he can be monitored better by bcci doctors so i think at least we are really hoping he's able to come back to the field maybe at least before the end of this year yeah. i mean i was mm-hmm. hoping he'll make the india squad for the world cup but that that will be very optimistic frankly and we really hope you know all of those reports the mri scans that they took of uh, him after the crash have been positive so at least there's no nerve damage or there's no damage mm-hmm. to his spine and so on so that that's all good but still it's a long way back because he'll be in crashes for a few months i think before he can walk and then run and get fit for the world cup so that's not going to happen yeah. probably missing an ipl is going to be more or less guaranteed so we are really hoping he's able to at least make a comeback before the india domestic season and the international season in the end of this year right so he's a very young man and he's a, as we already said yeah. he's a mentally a very strong man as well so both physically and mentally he's in the right frame of mind and place so that he's able to you know recover from these injuries and long may we see these sort of rare occasions where humanity triumphs where people lend a hand to help somebody they may or they may not even know right this is fantastic mm-hmm. to see yeah so from one slightly positive story to one that may or may not be the best one so if you shift the focus to the yorkshire cricket club in england where lord kamlesh patel was the chairperson who was sort of appointed to lead yorkshire cricket club through some choppy waters when all of these racial allegations from azim rafiq and all of these other people came up he has done a commendable job but i think it's getting to him so it's almost 2 years that he's been taken the job on and he says this year in the ajm he'll quit sometimes we expect ajm to take place before the beginning of the season i suppose so he'll probably quit his role he says and then well i think he he said the lack of respect for him he saw that in mm-hmm. the members so mm-hmm. that's the opposition and the lack of respect for his thought processes was something he he had to always rub against and it consistently sort of wears you down i suppose and then he said yeah i've had enough there's more to be done mm-hmm. out there i'm going so this is going to be interesting who's going to step in to the breach to take that over because he sort of repaired some of the damages but a lot more need to be done i think because it's sort of a reckoning that's happening rightly in english cricket whether the time and the place is this or another a reckoning had to happen and uh, azim rafiq yeah. you know with a very brave brave sort of a thing did it and a lot of careers have suffered lot of well known people michael vaughn mm-hmm. you know we we are going to probably discuss gary balance as, as well right so mm-hmm. all of these people they well their careers sort of came to a stop michael vaughn off field will probably recover sooner than gary balance but look gary balance mm-hmm. is now trying his luck back with his uh, country of birth zimbabwe right mm-hmm. so some sometimes these these harsh things happen but it's better that it's better that our body and our people look inward try to figure out what's yeah. going on themselves and try to fix it before it becomes such a big issue that the rest of the world is forced to point at it and then you are then forced to take action 
right so that way yeah i don't know what your thoughts are on this issue yeah i think you're absolutely right the 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 fact that they need to look inwards i think is a big big thing here uh, whether the offenses happened 5 years ago 10 years ago or even a lifetime ago i think it's important to address them rather than you know just sweep them under the carpet and you know if this happened a long time ago that kind of argument doesn't really work and i think in a society like what we see in england right now right mm-hmm. when you have so many cultures mingling and you've got this history of racism and you know racial discrimination it's it becomes that much more important to address issues like this we've seen a massive i mean just as again as an outsider looking in uh some of the stories you hear surrounding the reaction rafik has had after coming out and you know exposing this it makes you understand why this needs to be addressed and these things need to be sorted out because he's he has he's had a lot of abuse i think since you know coming out with these stories mm. and mm. you know after yorkshire had to go through all this you know basically upheaval it really it further reiterates why it needs to be addressed so i think uh whoever comes after patel mm. will need to kind of go forward with the same kind of intensity and ensure that players not only understand that they should not do certain things but understand why they should not be doing certain things because sometimes it really is in jest and it could be in jest or something you don't mean or something they call banter but they should understand why why speech like that is inappropriate or why behavior like that is inappropriate in situation so um, hopefully whoever comes after patel is he deals with it with that same intensity um, mm. as he did yeah i mean not to you know sort of all sweep it under the carpet and wait until it's all forgotten mm-hmm. right so yeah. it's opened yeah. a can of worms which not a lot of people would like to address but it's rather best address here and now rather than letting it uh, sort of fester again and it's sort of something that lives just under the society's fabric and it doesn't mm-hmm. come up very often but when it does it's best to deal with it in the correct way even if it means taking a little bit of time and causing a little bit of pain to some of the other people that are involved so it's it's a very nuanced topic i understand and we hope mm-hmm. the best uh, the best outcome for this is followed so to finish off one small one small interesting point so saru ganguly has decided to join delhi capitals again as the director of cricket he was in this position before he was uh, sort of uh, yeah elevated and then he took part in bcci chairman selection and was the bcci chairman but now he's going back to his like of sort of guiding molding players and teams and i think mm-hmm. he's going to join forces if punter goes back there right? that will be a fantastic team him amre yeah pravin amre and punter they had a wonderful wonderful time there and they sort of molded the dc team that reached the finals and did really well consecutive ipls so we really mm-hmm. hope you know ganguly is again able to make the same impact for delhi capitals they may have a different skipper this year because we don't know about pant as we just discussed so some interesting mm-hmm. times so i mean when it comes to ganguly i have my own theories right so why he <laughs> left bcci and so on but those are not for this time i think we've bad more pcci enough 
there's more to come in the up- upcoming <laughs> episode surely all right uh, those are all the topics and all the news we wanted to discuss in this episode thank you very much for a detailed chat estel it's been wonderful chatting with you and uh, we really appreciate the time you've been able to give to this podcast thank you so much ajit for having me it's been fun before we let you go we would like you to plug any any things like your current work your upcoming work your social media handles yeah so uh twitter is where basically i you know i handle my work stuff so you can find me on estel_vasudevan uh or just search for estelvasudevan you should be able to find me i'm currently i write for the papare.com which is basically a website for sri a website in sri lanka and also podcast at 99.94 so me and my colleague mark mashado handle the sri lanka on 99.94 so if if you are listening to this and you like podcasts definitely give us a listen uh, you can find us on the app or youtube or any any other platform where you find your podcasts perfect yeah i really hope we can collaborate again in the future if i can be of service at some time in the future do let me know but i will also reach out to you the, this is a very enjoyable chat we also wish all our listeners a very good day wherever they may be listening from as a goodbye from me and my co-host esther thank you very much bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast